scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hey, Creepsters. I'm, I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And uh, this is an Open Shutters Goes to the Movie bonus episode. You guys like our new opening. I, I like our new opening, don't you? I, I like that it. Vincent Price laugh. But don't worry, guys. We haven't gotten rid of the, the creepy lullaby. It's still going to be played at the end of every episode, including this one. Now, tonight's episode, was, is a, this is a bonus episode. It's sort of like a combination movie review and regular episode in a way except we're not having anyway. all the we're not having all the um the 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 obits and the and the um i can't think of those things though the horoscopes, or, yeah, horoscopes. <laughs> the horoscopes. but we no. are going to be discussing an actual case which was made to a movie the movie we're talking about tonight is called boys don't cry 1999 starring hillary swank Chloe Sevigny, uh, Peter Sarsgaard, Alicia L Lacey Gorison, who plays uh, Becky on The Connors. And she was the first Becky on Roseanne. And um, Brendan Sexton III. Now, uh, we need a little background on what this case is about. It was about a trans man by the name of Brandon Tina, who was born December 12, 1972. And he, he was a trans man... Who at one time was raped and it was raped, and then he was murdered along with a man named Philip Devine, a woman named Lisa Lambert, and um, in um, Hum how you pronounce that Humboldt, Nebraska. So, bro, um, Hillary Swank plays uh, Brandon Tina in the film, and it, it, it opens where. What happens? One of her... On the time frame, make sure we get this right. It was 1993, correct? 1993, yeah. So this was five years before the Matthew Shepard. So let's right in Nebraska, which is right next door, kind of going on to what was in Wyoming. Right. So this is just kind of paint the it's setting. Almost, yeah, they, it's almost... They're almost like sister cases, you know? And uh, Brandon was... Um, he had a girlfriend. He, Brandon, what he used to do, he was kind of a, a, kind of a prankster. She... I should say, at the time, when she was still Tina, used to pretend to be a boy and not tell girls anything. And she would strap down her breast and put socks in her in a crotch to make it look like she had a penis. You know, I had a, friend, a, 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 a woman who I think is a trans man, even though she wound up living as a lesbian. But um, one of my neighbors, who was a few years younger than me, used to do that exact same thing. She used to pretend to be a boy. She used a boy's name. I'm not going to say her real name or her, her fake no. name. Yeah, you know, protect this, this this young woman's privacy. But she uh, she used to do that, and she'd pretend she was a boy, and then she would just really freak out some of these girls. They would think she was a boy, and they would kiss her, and they would let her feel them up and that kind of thing. And then when they found out that she had the same equipment they did, they'd freak. And some of the girls, she started noticing that there were some uh, such thing as lipstick lesbians. So she was able to have, like, these feminine girlfriends without having to pretend to be a boy. Now, uh, getting back to Brandon, uh, and, and how did the movie begin? It began, like, about five months before the murders, right? Yes. Uh, and didn't he have a boyfriend, a girlfriend whose 
brother found out that he was really a trans man and was threatening to beat him up and he had to leave town. But I, know, I remember he goes into a bar where he meets Candace, who was actually the um, Lisa Lambert, but they changed her name. I don't know why, but they changed her name. And she is played by Lacey Garrison. Y'all know Lacey Garrison from the TV show Roseanne and Connors. Connors. Becky. She plays Becky. She was the first Becky. Yep. She played Becky for the first few years on Roseanne. And then she left and she was replaced but by Sarah But she looks Chalk. so different in this role. But she has really short hair, which I never saw her and with they, And even her makeup was done a little different than what it was done in the... In the well, she was more kind of trailer parky in this role. and It was di- it was a different kind of look. It yeah. was a different kind she's of different. look. different. And her acting was amazing. She, it was yeah, totally never, different than what we see on the sitcom. I never really thought that she was a good actress until I saw this. Because I always thought she always looked kind of... Even now on the Connors, it almost kind of looks like she's phoning her role in. You know, it, 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 it's... Well, and sometimes sitcom kind of works that way. It's a different kind of acting. You well, know totally, that. Yeah, you know that. Then, per se... It's, it's much more broad. But this actually showed she could really be an excellent film actress. Yeah, and why she hasn't done more film... Don't know And why. more dramatic roles, I don't know. Oh. I don't think she was really took acting seriously. Because she even left Roseanne to go to college. It's not that she's not able to do it, though. No, no, no. She's able to do it. She's very, very good in this. Now, um, he meets her, and she's kind of taken with him. She kind of likes him a little bit. And it looks like, didn't they make out a little bit or something? But it's like we really kind of seem more like friends at the end of the but day. But they, really, they really became really good friends. And through her, he meets two young men. What were their names? Um. Paul, what was it? Wait, I know it's on this other page. Okay, through her he meets these um these two young men named John Lauder and Tom Neeson. Tom Neeson. Tom Neeson. That was the one. That was the role that um that Peter. Yeah, no, John Lauder was the role played by Peter Sarsgaard, and Brendan Sexton the third played Tom Neeson. And they become friends. And they all, she also meets a young woman named Lana Tisdall, yeah. who she falls madly in love with. Actually, in this one, they fall in love with each other. Now, Lana is played by Chloe Sevigny. Yes. And uh, who, uh, you guys know Chloe Sevigny from a bunch of different things. Oh. Uh, Mary, she was in two uh, seasons of American Horror Story. The Asylum one, where she played the nymphomaniac that that crazy Nazi doctor winds up disfiguring, kind of like... <laughs> kind of like they did to that woman in, in Freaks, you know? Oh, yeah. There was that. She was... And in, then she was the doctor in The Vampire, the hotel. The hotel one, yeah. yeah. And uh, she's also was a big love about the uh, the Mormon um, polygamy show, The Man with the Three Wives, along with um, Bill Paxton and Jeannie Triplethorpe and uh, Jennifer Goodwin. And uh, she, she was one of the three wives. One of her best acting abilities is facial expression. Yes. Like, I, and, and we notice it in, in, but not just in, like, what we were talking about, like, American Horror Story and stuff, but even in this movie, in Boys Don't Cry, which is before all that, you can tell facial expression. Well, she was nominated for an Oscar for that one scene. There is a scene where the entire scene, it's a sex scene. And it's it's a sex scene with, um, with her, in between her and Brandon. 
between her and Hillary Swank. And all they really show is her face. But you could tell she, she's supposed to be having an orgasm. And I sometimes wonder if... I was wondering if, if Hillary she really had a dildo I there. I was wondering if she was really enjoying it because it was a little too believable. I was like, wait a minute. But she, got, uh, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, which she didn't win that year. And Hillary Swank was nominated for Best Actress, which she actually won. And I remember when I was watching the Oscars that night, Hillary went up there looking as glamorous and girly as she possibly could, <laughs> you know. But uh, and and she caused a little bit, of, a little bit of grift, a little, a little bit of um, with uh, Brandon's family when she thanked Brandon Tina for being such a special person or something like that, and it really, it rubbed the family the wrong way. You see, I know it's here. She says, um, yeah. She had lied about her age, too. She, she When she was confronted, she told Pierce. But that's what Brandon would do. Because Brandon used to lie. He lied about everything. He was a liar. He used to lie and say he he came from um, Memphis. He used to lie and say, well, of course, he lied about his sex. He lied and said that he was a cis male. Well, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of trans people ended up, back, especially back then, were forced into doing that. So we have to take some responsibility. I'm not excusing saying that lying is a good thing, but society sometimes forces people to lie. Think about it, right, Bear? I mean, yeah. if you think about it that way, for a long time, society forced LGBTQ plus people to lie about how they were. And, tra- and for trans people, it's even more intense. Because at least if you're gay, you're still getting to be your gender. If you're still a lesbian, you're getting to be your gender. Yeah. For the trans person, there's this thing where society was set up to it's where it wasn't allowing that. And a lot of them, they come out first. Like, I use Chaz Bono as an ex- as an example. Chastity came out first as a lesbian and lived as a lesbian. And then had to print out all over again as a trans person. Because society makes it harder as a for trans male, people. Yes, know? yes. And... Um, and so you almost have like two coming outs that you have to deal with once you, you know, when you, um, when you're coming out as a, when you're a trans person, trans male or female. Now, um, Brandon and, um, and Lana get really hot and heavy. And John, who's kind of had a thing for Lana, starts getting jealous. And somehow or another, how did, how did, um, how did he find out that she was that that Brandon was really a transgender? It was really trans. Well, now did, did first off, let's go. Let's get time for. According in the movie, Lana found out when they had that little when they were having that little moment. Yeah, she saw the cleavage thing, right? Yeah, and then she also felt down there, and that's yeah. how she realized. Yeah, so she found out earlier within the, and she kind of kept that a secret. Yes, he. He found out. Now you got me wondering how. Remember how he exactly found out? Now I've got all the story jumbled. We found. Did, it, wasn't it because of the arrest thing? Yeah, they got arrested. What did they get arrested for? They, they got arrested in the ve- with the. Okay, when the, remember when the uh, they had the load the vehicle and Brandon was driving the vehicle, right? Right. And the cop pulls over, and 
they were wanting to get away, but didn't he ta- didn't he have an arrest record? The other guy. Yeah, well, they ran. But, yeah, that's right. They ran his his um his Peter name Sarsgaard's through. They found out his Peter Sarsgaard character. Yeah. And and they um and and they ran, ran Brandon's name through, and they found and they came up to him and said, um, Miss Brandon, we have to speak to you. And didn't he overhear that? And so what they do is, is they 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 kidnap Brandon and take him to. Lana's mother's house. Oh, but ultimately, also, Candace confirms something. Even though he's trying to keep things quiet, Candace confirms something because didn't Candace accidentally go to them? Didn't she find the thing with the uh, the, the the tampon and the? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Didn't she go? That's to right. The... And what another thing Brandon used to do? He used to sne- he didn't because Candace regretted that later on. He was so there were several things adding up. He would shoplift tampons, not because he couldn't afford them, but because he didn't want anybody to know he was a girl. So he used to steal them, yeah. And while well, you know, in, in like in convenience stores and places like that, these are the days before they had all these cameras and everything like they do in the stores today. And a lot of people were getting away with theft and shoplifting and everything. He used to shoplift the tampons because he didn't want to buy them because he figured people would figure it out. And he needed them because he wasn't on any kind of hormone treatment or anything, so he was still functioning like a girl. He's still functioning like a woman. And uh, so anyway, when they, when when uh, John and Tom find out, they take they, they they go into they come to Lana's mother's house, and Brandon comes in not un, unknowing, and they take him in the bathroom. They pull down his pants, and they see the vagina, and you know, and they brutally rape him. Brutally rape him. And. Uh, one of the reasons why Hillary uh, Hillary Swank wasn't the original, you know, the original choice for this role, they had some of them wanted Drew Barrymore. There were other actresses in, but one of the one of the, the top one of the selling points is that she was willing to do that frontal nude scene. And a lot of actresses wouldn't do it; they wanted to stand in for that. But that was Hall Hillary we saw when to, when they pulled those pants down, and she yeah she was willing to she was willing to show. <clears throat> her pu- her pubic hair and her vulva on screen. I just just, just that whole scene watching that. Me, it was very I, very. very I, I thought as a viewer, I always felt like I was being violated by them. So I don't know if that was great filming or and the great acting. I don't know what if it all combined, but I felt like I felt like violated in that moment. Yeah, like I don't know who did that just film, but watching to make, it makes you feel violated. It's like you feel like. I will say acting had a lot to do with it because Hillary Swank really did make you feel the pain of the moment. Yeah, that yeah, and and, and you were belie- she was believable as a boy. I mean, Hillary, Hillary Swank is a beautiful woman, and for her to be able to transform into a boy, so well. But the acting to get bring us in on that moment when that level of pain was like, oh my goodness. Yes. And I don't normally. I really feel like a lot of films. If they're fiction and stuff, called this was based on true story, should as much keep out a lot of the rape scenes and stuff because that yeah. gets used too much with rape culture and all. Yeah. But in this case, it was kind of necessary to bring us into the horror of what really happened. And normally, normally I don't agree with that being in movies, but in this case, I think people needed to see it. People needed to feel revolted. They needed to feel 
anger towards these two men for what they were doing to Brandon Tina, to Hillary Swank's character. I mean, and she she really did convey that. Well, so she um he's not gonna he doesn't want to report it. He actually yeah. he escaped through the bathroom window when they weren't looking, and he she didn't want to report it. And Lana urges him to do so, but the police chief. Well, you caught one of the, one of the main reasons not to report it, and when or at least in the way they conveyed it in the film, was because to to admit that mean they ha- she had to admit the body part that was violated, yeah. which was something she wasn't exactly comfortable with. Comfortable with because of the gender identity, which was yeah. to admit, like you remember that scene where she says, "What when they asked what part she had to say my vagina?" Yeah, and just the the the, the level of that having to say that just it hurt you can see that it hurt so she escapes he escapes and she uh, and they um he decides to report it then the police start questioning them so they're wanted by the police and they're really pissed they want to kill her they want to kill him so at the time she's staying with candidates and how do they find out she's at Candace's house did they get it out of Lana or did they get it out of Lana's mother is it Lana's mother? They ratted her out. Oh shoot! I'm trying to. That's I apologize. I am not that great on memory. A, we watched this a few days ago, so it's as fresh. And we're not mind. the best on memory. Somebody's to let let them know that she was at Kansas. She was at Kansas. So say going to Kansas's house, and Candace is they they pulling they threatening Candace and her baby. She has a two-year-old baby, yeah, she has a and she's baby crying girl. for her baby's life. Please don't hurt my baby. Please don't hurt my baby. And they shoot her. They shoot Candace, and then they go and they shoot Brandon in the head. And I think they almost tried to shoot Lana, but it went past her. Yeah, like to the screen. And he he um he's already dead, and they stab him multiple times. And then I think they shoot him again. And they shoot him again to make sure. Like like it was our it was too much. It was like a, like come on like. Like, like, and I think that, in a sense, showed how much hate was how you kept doing whatever when you've already. Yeah. Like if they would, if it would have been the initial shot, that would have been one thing. But then the stabbing, and then the subsequent shots after that, just show that level of hate. That shows how much. It, it's just yeah, it was it was definite hate crime type of thing, and um, he was uh yeah okay in real life. The arrest was posted in the local paper, and that's how they learned that he was. Yeah, he he that he was really a girl. Which they did show in that in the movie. Yeah, and um, what happened was, both of those they they both wound up getting um, being tried. What, what is it? Um, Neeson uh, admitted to be an accessory to the rape and murder, and he testified against Lauder was sentenced to life in prison. Lauder was denied the veracity of Neeson's testimony and was discredited. And the jury found Lauder guilty of murder and received the death penalty. Now, he tried to, to appeal the death penalty, and he's still on death row to this day. Good. I mean, yeah. It's, um... He can stay there. Yeah, he needs to stay there. And he needs to think every day about what he did. Because, you know, there really are a bunch of... Really, these these guys are just garbage people. They're just trash. And I know, Brandon wasn't perfect. He lied. He was a con artist. And it, just like the, the young girl I told you I met, she was the same way. She used to lie. She used to steal. 
She stole from the church, this girl. It's so funny because today she is, she lived in a lesbian, as a lesbian, but she's very, very moral and she's very religious and she's, you know, she, she's, she's extremely benevolent woman, benevolent person, a totally different than she was when she was younger. Well, when and that could young, be because, happens. and it also could be because she's allowed to be herself. Even though she's living as a lesbian, and I truly believe she may be transgendered, she, at least she got that. You know. I mean, all I can say is we really have to look at the fact on people when they're younger in the LGBT community. Sometimes they have to make choices and do things. I mean, it is a stress. Like I mean, and, and what I'm saying is, based on what you tell me, yes, so I agree, agree with you. No, I don't think theft is the right thing to do no. or stealing. But in the sense of sometimes out of desperation, people do certain things. Yeah. So, and, and, and for some people, when they're going through gender identity crisis or whether they're going through sexuality crisis, sometimes they act out in ways and do things. It's because it's not to give a free pass. It's just to say that there is a mental health there that causes them to do things. Well, And, and it's how society treats them. And it's... Um, yeah, and it's like, well, dear Abby used to always say, if you're constantly being told you're trash, you're going to believe it yourself, and you're going to behave that way. And that's the same thing with with uh, with African Americans. We're constantly told they were lazy, they were trashy, they were this. It got to the point where some um, African Americans actually believed that and lived that way. And I don't. Uh, it just shows you how toxic racism. And homophobia and any type of hate is. Because it leads people to hate themselves. And there becomes a survival mentality. Yeah. And when people are in a survival mentality, they'll do things they wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Uh, yeah I have seen... And we said we, we're supposed to do an episode about the history of the LGBT community in New Orleans, aren't we? Yeah. We're still going to do that episode? Oh, yeah. And I can tell you some things about the transgender community in the 70s when, you know, it was like all that was available for most transgendered people was either working as a sex worker. Some of them, if they had a good following, they could, they could do a, a, a drag show. And if they had a really good following and they were very popular, they could get a bartending job right. in one of the drag bars. And but uh, I've only I've known one transgendered woman. I'm not even going to mention her name, but she always had a pretty decent job. She even worked at a, as a as a receptionist at an electrolysis technician's office, and uh, she also worked as a as an assistant chef too in a restaurant. But most um, transgendered people, like you know, if you look like your name is Alice, but your name is really Alfred. You weren't going to get a job at 7-Eleven, and you weren't going to get a job at Walmart at that time, you know. Now, it's almost a plus, you know. Now, what, what I want to touch on now, Philip, is um, some of the differences between the movie and real life. And the movie... Before, oh, before you do that, I want to read that thing that I was reading to you earlier on Facebook. Okay. Okay. So, there's a group... I don't want to mention too many about the group, because I want to keep it kind of private what groups I'm part of. But they posted something. Um, I'm wondering how much I should give. Actually, I'll give... Um, just... I don't want to give too much. I need to cite, but at the same time, I don't know if I want to cite this because I want to keep 
some ambiguity because I don't like people being going after. I did not post this. This was posted by somebody else. I'm just repeating the tweet that was put here, okay? Um, I guess I can at least say this person. Can I say the original right here? Can I give them credit? I guess you could, yeah. Okay, because it's probably out there on the internet quite. Yeah. This person is Dante um, with a butterfly 17. Uh, okay, whatever. And this is the tweet that they put out. That said, and then put in quotes, lesbians don't like dick, in quotes, gay men don't like pussy. I'm begging you not to say shit like this. Lesbians and gay men can and do date trans people and have sex with them. And that's very important to what we're mm-hmm. talking about sometimes is we have to start to view gender identity, sexuality, as things that are separate, have to look, look separate, but they also... They also meet sort of in a sort of, um, what do they call it, cross-section, yeah. sectionality, where in the community it meets that way. And it also says something about the community. We have to be kinder in the community. Like, before we can expect people outside the LGBTQ plus community to accept things, we've got to try to accept each other. Yes, yes, exactly. Because we've got to be allies for one another. Well, I am going to tell you, a lot of I'm that... Sorry. <laughs> a lot of the hate in the tra- uh, t- towards transgenders was, you know, it was it was also on that part, too. Because, I'm going to say a little bit of this, I'm going to go into this in more detail in, in um, when we do the episode, but the transgender community had an attitude that... Gay men were actually women. You were either a man. That's not correct. And you were either a man. If you were a man, you had to be like, Mr. Butch Tough, I've been in jail a bunch of times with a bunch of tattoos. Yeah, man. Yeah, my old lady. That kind of thing. Or you were a woman. And if you were a gay man, you were closer to being a woman than to being a man. You weren't considered a man. And that's a mentality. And they always try to emulate straight life. And the devil works out for them. It never does. Because the people they're trying to emulate it with are not nuclear family material. No. You know? And they always strive for the husband in the suburbs and the kids and the, all this other kind of stuff. And they never get that. They might get that now if they, you know... I, I, right. I think there's more people that would be willing to date a trans person now than back then. And trans women did have a problem. That's why they had to deal with basically who these got boys were were hustlers. Their husbands and their boyfriends and everything. And they tried to say they were straight. Yet they were out there doing all the same things gay men and trans women do. They weren't... They weren't Sexually, they were doing everything a gay man does. And the thing is, when we're looking at both trans men and trans women really did when we look at that. And we'll probably explore more of this in some of the, in the next several episodes, but we have to talk about it here. They really have been at the forefront of the fight because they were fighting several battles. And they had the intensity where, yeah, I mean, they were trying to live their truth gender. They were living a much harder existence than, say, a cisgender gay man or a cisgender uh, lesbian. They were living a much harder life because they were trying to appear to be the gender they felt they were than what they were born. But they didn't think consider themselves part of the LGBT community. They thought they were straight people. Not all of them. No, no. I mean, a lot of them. A but, lot of them. 
Well, we can't say that because we're coming up on the anniversary of Stonewall and some of the main ones, especially your trans people of color, did believe they were part of the community. Let me get clear. Some, and I know that some of you may hate me for this. Y'all can write whatever mean tweets y'all want. But some of the, the white trans people, yeah, they felt that they were whatever the straight. But the ones that were people of color understood impression. The trans people of color, Sylvia Rivera, Marsha P. Johnson, they knew. But I knew a couple of, of African-American trans women that were, had the same attitude as the other ones. Well, the ones that felt they could completely pass, which yeah. that's another issue I have, this idea of pass. Not everybody can pass. Not everybody no. had, not everybody has access or has the ability of the medical care to properly get things from day one, and maybe they can't pass, but that doesn't mean they're any less trans and they're any less woman or man that they consider themselves. Yes, and you know what? I um, Another thing, too, we, uh, we, we have to... Sometimes people get so, I don't know, like bleeding hard, I guess you could say, and it gets to a point where... They feel, they feel like they have to be nice to a person because they're trans or because they're black or because they're... they're it, it's it's kind of a white liberal guilt thing. And 86 that, treat everybody like you treat anybody else. That's how you treat people. Totally accepting the person is treating... And if, they, if they're rotten and nasty and dirty and smelly, treat them like a rotten, nasty... nasty ser- oh, I, I, if they're garbage people and they happen to be transgender... <laughs> Treat them like they're garbage people. But what I, the point I was trying to make is the trans people of color did deal with the oppression in the 1960s. Yes, they did. From all angles. And it was the reason why Stonewall was a riot and was one of the reasons they were at the forefront was because they felt the oppression at such a deep level from all angles. Yes. yes. And out of that, that drove the movement. That's not to say they didn't bring along cisgender gay men and lesbians and other people with them. They did. Yes, they did. Actually, what, do you know, if, if you've heard it, one of the things I was watching a documentary, the um, trans women of color like Sylvia Ray and Marsha P. Johnson were actually defending what happened was, is it all started because there was a lesbian who could have been uh, like a butch lesbian. I don't know if she would have actually been a trans man, but she was being pulled by the police in the car. And that's actually where it started was because she kind of, like, I don't know if it was she yelled out or something else, but the fact that they yelled out, like, aren't y'all going to do something? And those were the first people to step up and do something were those trans women of color. When they see this white butch lesbian being carted off, they're the ones that stepped up. Yes. I hate to say the white cisgender men didn't step in until later. I'm not going to say they didn't step in, but they didn't understand that oppression at that and they level. were still living as white men somewhere, you know. So. They were still trying to be part of the machine society, trying to think, oh, all of this can be done easy. Sometimes revolutions have to start a little violent. I hate to say it. Yeah. I don't agree with all the time violence, but sometimes things don't move until people get things noticed. Well, yeah. Now, now what I want to just... Uh, uh, Sorry we had to bring all the history in there, but it's true. Well, what I want to touch on now is differences between the movie... In real life. The main one is Candace, whose real name is actually Lisa Lambert. They changed her name. I don't know why. They never really gave a reason. And the girl was murdered. Maybe her family. Maybe the child. 
That minor, yeah, that could have been a reason. Because yeah, he, he had the child. He would have still been, it was a little boy, right? Yeah, he would have still been a minor. Wasn't it a little boy? Yeah. No, I think it was a little girl. Huh? Was it a little girl, the baby? I can't remember what the baby was. No, it was a little girl. Well, anyhow, they would still have been a minor yeah. when the movie came out. The movie was 99. Their mother was killed in 93. So, so yeah. she would have just been like in the first grade or something. Yeah, she yeah. still would have been a child. Yeah, eight, like, even third under, grade, yeah, something yeah. like that. And um, another one is, is that uh, Lana is actually shown in a better light than what she actually was. First of all, when she found out that Brandon was a girl, she broke up with him right away. And there's even some speculation that she might have been in on the bashing and the mur- raping and the murder. Some people, uh, some people who have known everybody said that. Possible. I think the movie was geared to make the the main perpetrators look the worst. Yeah. And, oh, one more thing. Yeah. There was another man... Which they deserved was, to look bad because everything was Another man there. was murdered with Lisa and, and Brandon. That wasn't and depicted. And his name was Philip. And that wasn't and depicted. It wasn't, and he was an African-American man. And I wonder why they kept him out. There was some... Yeah, that's weird. I noticed that, too. You were mentioning that, and I was what like, was why wasn't that name? brought up? Philip something, you said. Yeah, Philip Devine. Devine. Yeah, there's certain things I feel like... Why was he left out? I have question marks on Hollywood with how that was handled. Yeah. Why was he left out? Now, today, a lot of people... There was a lot of the trans community had a big problem with Hillary Swank playing the role. They thought it should have been played by a real-life transgender man. But back then, there weren't that many transgendered actors in Hollywood, like we have today. And, I, and I'll say on the statement, yeah, we would all love to see better representation. And, of course, now we're getting that more in 2021. But back then in the 90s, we would take anybody who was at least trying to seem to be an ally or to convey the message that could get people to wake up. Yeah. Even before this movie, one of the best examples was earlier in the decade of the 90s, was Philadelphia, where Tom Hanks was not a gay man, did not have HIV, but he portrayed that character, and it shed a lot. Well, light. I never always wondered why people... Okay, why does he have to be a gay man? Why does he have to have HIV? If you say you're going to have somebody play Ted Bundy, you have to get a real serial killer no. to play it? No. Yeah, really. But I don't want to kind of make that necessarily that comparison, but... I mean, come on. Yeah. But I'm thankful that Tom Hanks did do it, because he was able... To open it up to an audience where people are like, ooh, Tom Hanks is in this, and they wouldn't watch it. Otherwise, they may not have. And that's the case with Hilary Swank. She was huge in the late 90s. Yeah. Like, and her doing this really was like, ooh. She still is, actually. Oh, she's still very big now. Yeah. Yeah. And so people were more prone to be like, okay, yeah, I want to go check this out. Well, you know there's that, that uh, there's a new series with uh, Michael Douglas and... Uh, in the third season, Kathleen Turner plays his ex-wife. Now, Kathleen Turner, and on the TV show Friends, had played Chandler's transgendered father. And they asked her if she would still do that role today. She said no. She said, now I would insist that the real transgender yes, woman Yes, because there play. are enough. She says, enough but back yes. then, there weren't any transgendered actresses that could play that role. And one of the things I noticed they did, they, did, they, they gave her some kind of veneers which gave a more masculine smile. If you ever see those old reruns of, um, of Friends, where Kathleen Turner is playing uh, Charles Bing, uh, whatever her drag name was, Chandler's father, she has a smile 
you remember in Tootsie how Dustin Hoffman wore these veneers as Dorothy that made him smile more like a woman? Oh, yeah. A man has a different kind of smile than a woman. The face is sh- gets shaped differently. And it also, I think it has something to do with the teeth, with the dental thing. And they had the kind of teeth on Kathleen Turner that made her look more masculine, more, more male. And they did the same thing with Dustin Hoffman and Tootsie. To make, they show him putting the veneers in, you know, to make him look more feminine. Those the same things they used to make Judy Garland wear to hide her underbite, her overbite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, and... Um, there were, and, and there were some of the other stuff in here that was different. The, um, let me see. Yeah, why did they? You know, why did they change her now? Again, yeah. Why, why did they leave that man out? That I have. I, we don't know for sure. You'd have to ask someone, but I feel like. They didn't want to, you know, I want to say it. They, at that time, they didn't want to bring in, Hollywood should have represented better, but they didn't want to show a black man being killed by white people. Because Hollywood's a coward at that time. I'll say it. Well, Hollywood they, producers were cowards. Yeah. If they wanted to, no, let's call it what it was. Yeah. If they, because earlier, remember earlier in that decade was the LA riots and it showed white cops beating a black man. So by the late nineties, they weren't going to want to show these country white guys, even though that's what happened and should have been accurate. Did I'm going to go there. They're cowards. Yes, they are. They are. Hollywood. And it, it, some of them, some of the things they do. And you know what? It's kind of fun because those cowards from back then are the ones getting called I, out now. I think that, um, that I think they take too many liberties with things when it's a true story. We did an earlier episode, you know, Unholy Matrimony, right. about the murder that happened here in New Orleans. Yeah. But when they did a film of it, they changed the setting to Phoenix, Arizona, and never knew a reason why. I don't know if it, maybe it was cheaper to film there at that time or if. They didn't want New Orleans has such a unique, because this happened in New Orleans East, which could be anywhere. So I wonder if they thought that maybe New Orleans has such a unique character that they did. They figured they thought they'd have to show the French Quarter or something in order to have it filmed here. So they put it in a generic city like Phoenix. And anybody from Phoenix, please don't get mad at me for calling your city generic. But it is compared to New Orleans, let's face it. I mean, I'm okay with certain liberties being taken in film, but I do but you think you I do think if you're doing based setting. on a true story, you should stick as much to what you can. Yes, you can maybe have slight variations in makeup and hair from the normal part. Actually though, though, if you're doing a true story, it's best to have it as close, even on that. Yeah, but it should be set in the where it happened. It doesn't have to be filmed there, but it should be set there at least. And you shouldn't whitewash or gloss over details that aren't the most gla- glamorous on something or could expose something. I think you should throw well, it, it needs to all be out there. Said that he, was, he wanted to try to make um, his character, he wanted to try to make John Lawler as likable and maybe even sympathetic. Because he wanted it, to, he under, was he at wanted, first. So when he wanted he, the audience to understand why they would hang out with me, if my character wasn't necessarily likable, I wanted them to be charismatic enough 
that you weren't going to have a dull time. And he was he was really likable yeah. in the first half. I mean, by the time of the end of the movie, I was saying, I'm glad that Esther stabbed him in the office. But when he t- <laughs> it also made it very compelling when he turned in Boys Don't Cry. When he turned, it made it. When his behavior turned on there, you it was it was compelling. And it was good because it was motivated by anger. It was and the hate, anger and it hatred. It made you really feel that. the hate, and it was like anger oh. and hate can do that. And that it was disturbing. And it was his 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 pride, his male pride, that he was he was, you know, he he was pushed aside for a chick. That really that that that, that made his balls swell up. You know that that's what that, that that you know how men are. A lot of men are like that. I'm not saying every man's like that, but a lot of men are like that, and they got this male pride. And why would you leave him me for him? I'm so blah blah. I'm so great. I'm such a good real man. And that's where that happened. And then the the other guy was a follower. I mean, you saw how he testified against him, and he was just he was just garbage man. But anyway. You guys, boys don't cry. Really good movie. Check it out sometimes. It's uh, it's not available in any streaming format unless you rent it. Uh, the DVDs are available at Amazon or for rent on Vudu. I rented. I, did I rent it? I bought it on Vudu because it was only seven ninety nine. Yeah, it's only for buying. And yeah, it's not really expensive. You check this thing out. It's it's disturbing. You're not. You probably. I would. I would uh, recommend renting it because you're probably not going to want to watch it again. I certainly don't want to see it again. It, it, it's too disturbing. I don't want to see it again. So that stars Hilary Swank, who won Oscar for Best Actress that year. Chloe Sevigny, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Lacey Garrison, who was very, very good in it. I was really... And, uh, and Peter Skarsgård, really, he did what he was supposed to do. Yep. Even though I wanted to see him get murdered by Esther again. <laughs> he did. That's, that's what oh, I was and who played the mama? She was a real bitch. Who was she? Let me see. I don't even think we mentioned her. Because we have... I a, wanted to... I would... Her character yeah, was a fucking Janina mess. Yeah, Annette. Or Nett. She was a fucking mess. She was known for the situation... Oh, she was like the teacher in the situation... I mean, the actress comedy, did a good job. Head of the class. The actress did a good and job in just, just the character. She's been in movies like Teenage Graffiti, The Redeemer, Son of Satan, Pineapple Express. And on television, she's been on Chico and the Man, Brave New World, Hill Street Blues, Three's Company, Laverne and Shirley, A-Team, St. Elsewhere, Hotel Malibu, Grace Under Fire, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. CSI. Lots of good stuff. Because there was moments when you thought the character was going to have a heart or better sense, but then she would just turn back to that. Yeah, she she was a hateful woman. Bitter. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and um, Brendan Saxton was very good as as Tom. Yes. Neeson. But I've got to say, I I am the most impressed by Lacey Garrison. I really and truly didn't know she had those acting chops. And I didn't know she had it in her. She was really good. So anyway, yeah, Hillary, deserve, you deserve the Oscar. Yep. Chloe, you should have won the Oscar. All right, so um, I want to talk, mention a little something. I want to do a little shout-out to Fry, Late Night Frights podcast with uh, Dan and Faith. Yes. Uh, Dan and Faith, uh, just listen. I've been listening to them regularly now. They're becoming one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to them in the car all the time. When I take Lance to work and I'm driving back, I listen to him. When I'm 
when I'm Uber driving and I'm between fares or I'm on my way home, I have them on. And I listened to, it was their, their review of the faculty that I mentioned in the last podcast. This time they did a review of the 1988 version of The Blob. Have you seen that yet? What? No. Yeah, The Blob was remade in 1988 with, um, I'll pull it up right now and tell you. You know what I vaguely remember when you bring this up? I think I vaguely remembered there being like a movie per yeah, at the she, old theater, but I never went to the movie. We never saw the Shawnee Smith. You know who she is, Shawnee Smith. You've heard, her, you've seen yeah. her before. Uh, Kevin Dillon, you know, Matt Dillon's younger brother. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey Demon and Candy Clark. Now that's where it comes. In. And there's Donovan, Le- Donovan Leach, who is the son of the '60s singer, psychedelic singer Donovan, the sing Bellow Yellow and Hurdy Gurdy Man and all these other things. And uh, he, uh, now, now, Candy Clark is the one we're talking about. Candy Clark, they loved Candy Clark. They had nothing but good things. You remember, you know who Candy Clark is. She was in American Graffiti. Okay. As the, you know, the, the girl who winds up with uh, Terry the Toad, the, the nerdy guy, <laughs> the pretty blonde-haired girl that he says looks like Connie Stevens. Well, I always thought kind of looked more like Stella Stevens. <laughs> well, Candy, he said, if anybody knows Candy Clark... Give him my email address, and he gave his email address out. Well, I had already, I had already known Dan's email address because I've, uh, I've corresponded with him, and they actually want to do a show with us one night. They want to do one of the movie reviews with us one week, Ooh. which would be great. So, and that their show is uh, Friday Night Frights is on public radio. Oh, you I think we're also on public radio. You should get them to do next month because they know it'll be better than that. Which one's next? Oh, The Exorcist! Yes, we're doing that next month. We doing The Exorcist? Let Dan, if you listen, you want to. We're do actually ex- going to be doing another one this month. We are going to be doing one on. We're going to be doing milk, milk this month. Milk this but month. Listen, but you, we should do The Exorcist. Yeah, you, you want to do The Exorcist with us? Let me know. Email me. Open shutters at yahoo.com. Email me, Dan, if you want to do it. I'm actually going to email him and ask him. Because you know that so, was going to be fun. I said, okay, Dan. I happen to know Dan Candy Clark. <laughs> Candy Clark is my Facebook friend. And she actually corresponds with me. When my mom died, Candy sent me a sympathy, e-sympathy card. You want me to get Jim to make his pea soup for that? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I make good pea soup myself. <laughs> no. We ain't doing that. Put the ham hocks in it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Candy talks to me all the time. So I send I send uh, Dan an email. I said, "Hey, listen, I know Candy Clark. She's a Facebook friend." So he goes, "Oh my God, we love her. We love her. Please give us." So I gave her. I sent her in the in the Facebook private message. I sent Candy a pay a, a link to that episode. So she could hear all about herself. And we love hearing about ourselves, don't we? Who doesn't? We love being shout out and everything. So she could hear all about herself. And I sent her Dan's email address. So I don't know if she's corresponded with him or not. She hasn't. She she didn't respond to me yet. But, you know, she's probably busy. I'm sure, you know, she she does a lot of car shows. And a lot of them, you know, when the American graffiti things. And she's still acting. She, she had a show. She did a movie called Cold Moon right in Slidell back in 2018. And I told her, I said, I wish I would have known you were there. I would have taken you out to dinner. And she says, yeah, and I would have gone, too. <laughs> we could have gone to Don Jose's with, with Candy Clark. Wouldn't that have been uh. cool? <laughs> <laughs> well, Candy, if you're listening... 
Next time you're in this area, let us know. We're going to take you out to dinner. So anyway, um, well, well, how many um, how many shutters you want to give? Boys, don't cry. For its compellingness, but because it missed some information, I will give it four out of five. Okay, I'm going to give it four, uh, three and a half out of five. Okay, that's fair. Because the misinformation and... Um, and I don't like the way they took liberties with history. That's totally fine. And that, that's not... That's, but it does get, it does deserve some for, for the acting more than anything. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm giving high highest four is because of the acting. The acting yeah. is the best thing. It's the best thing. And Hillary, Chloe, Sarsgaard, oh, especially Lacey. Ah, Lacey, honey, you got to get back in the movies. You, gotta, you really are. Yes. You're that good. So, um... Uh, oh, okay, so you can follow us on Twitter at A Shutters. Our Facebook business page is Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. Our Facebook group page is the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. Uh, we you can uh, you could follow us on uh, on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast, and our Patron account is www.patron forward slash dot com forward slash open shutters now we have three tiers answer with that frank is our entry level that's five dollars a month axeman is our mid-level that's ten dollars a month and our premium is madame lalare which is twenty five dollars a month a little bit on the pricey side but you get a lot of good shit a lot of merch a lot of uh a lot of uh, you, you know you, you have access to when we start doing live shows and a lot of good stuff on it. It is worth the $25. So um, you can email us at openshutters at yahoo.com. I mentioned that earlier, didn't I? And we will be back later this week. We, we'll be doing the Pulse Nightclub is our next case, yes. right? We're going to do that one. I know it's after the anniversary, but we're going to take a good reflection. I, 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 this week's. This week's series is called uh, Targeted While Out, Gay LGBT Hate Crimes. And uh, we did, last week we did Matthew Shepard. This week we're going to do Pulse Nightclub. And then we're going to do, uh, what we doing next week? We're doing Next week we're going to do a film review. Of, of, the, of Milk, yeah. Or it's, somewhere, yeah, we'll probably get Milk in there. Are somewhere. we doing the... the um, the um, But our actual episode is going to be the Upstairs Lounge. The Upstairs file. Lounge, that's... That was before Pulse Nightclub. That was uh, the and we also will mass doing, murder. And we also will do an episode of the New Orleans LGBTQ plus. And that's going to be the following week. Or right? At some point, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. put that in. So anyway, um, until you see us again, enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window unless you're a transphobic asshole. You can hit every fucking branch and get your eyes gouged. And go out. right into the moat along with Matthew Shepard's. Exactly. <laughs> Matthew Shepard's bashers. And who's the other one? New Westboro Baptist Church. Take them yeah, hemorrhoids the with legs. Good night, everybody. Good night.